Are there different kinds of racism? Does racism have to involve biology in order to discriminate? In principle, yes, since the notion of race only makes sense biologically. Yet science has disproved the idea that several human races exist, disqualifying the use of any concept of race and its use to create a hierarchy. Does the abandonment of the unlawful invocation of race imply the disappearance of racism? The question arises then about other dismissive attitudes often related to racism that exist. In order not to prejudge the answer, we can provisionally identify them as discriminatory ideologies and attitudes. A prime example of discrimination is the view that the coexistence of human beings who are deemed too different to understand each other is impossible. Heterophobia, a fear of that which is different, which comes from heteros, which means other in ancient Greek, then leads to mixophobia, fear and rejection of racial mixing. When the rejection of racial mixing refers to the difference of physical makeup, it becomes racism. When it refers to the difference of culture and doesn't consider biology, is this still the case? Opinions differ according to the range and scope of ideas about racism. Such rejection can lead to uses and ways of life which are considered strange by the contrast they form with what is familiar. And rejected as such, it is then an ethnocentric attitude that is at stake, in the sense that Claude Levi Strauss gives to this term ethnocentrism is for the human group what egocentrism is for the individual. In the same way that egocentrism makes a person care exclusively for himself, with ethnocentrism, one tends to regard one's familiar environment as the center of reference for all things. Ethnocentrism attests to a psychology of attachment, regardless of distance to a familiar way of doing things, accompanied by the rejection of all things different. However, Ethnocentrism is not to be confused with racism, which implies an insulting or discriminatory act. It is rather the driving force, which in itself is nothing. And Claude Levi Strauss is justified in making a proper rebuttal in Ras et Histoire, UNESCO 1952. This prejudice, which automatically classifies others, can lead to racism. Is there a neo-racism of a cultural origin? Similar to racism, neo-racism takes shape under the name of cultural differences. It has often taken the place of biological racism without making it disappear. A combination of the two has been created correlating physiological considerations and an insistence of varying levels of human development. Even on unacceptable usages, since it is considered normal, this so-called culturalist racism is still present in modern far-right ideologies, where it often takes the form of xenophobia, a general form of rejection of all that is foreign. 
In Race and History, Claude Levi-Strauss says that if human groups stand out, it is only because of their respective cultures and not their biological nature. And contrary to traditional racism, he believes he must make an appeal for a respect for cultural diversity, while admitting that through their mutual contacts, cultures can move towards recognition of common principles. But in Race and Culture, Claude Levi-Strauss points out the contradiction that can exist between two positions. On the one hand, rejoice in cultural diversity and even encourage it in the name of the right of each ethnic group or organized human group to cultivate its own traditions. On the other hand, to reject a certain people's emotional attachment to the traditional particularities which, according to them, form the foundation of their nation as they conceive it, is to reject the heart of that nation. The thinker adds that one must understand, without necessarily approving, the ethnocentrism of traditionalists, which combines rejection of other cultural practices with adherence to familiar cultural practices. This dual position, which mixes the emotional and the ideological, is undoubtedly at play with, within all people who intend to assert their distinctive identity and thus cultivate a collective identity free from any colonialist exploitation. In this spirit, each country holds nationalist ethnocentrism at a different level, but puts on a respectful face for cultural diversity on an international level. But in so-called multicultural societies where migrations have become commonplace in our world, this ethnocentrism risks taking the turn towards communitarianism and exclusion. Let's stay with our own kind in the contradiction, the exaltation of cultural diversity at the international level and its rejection as a component in the construction of a national and cultural identity. Cultural relativism is no longer appropriate when it comes to living within the same nation. The ascendancy of we as a collective group is then conceived as the rejection of them. Supposed supporters of a subversion deemed deadly for the inner self. Them and us. In reality, it is the meeting of we in respect to a nation and its culture, which must then be redefined by no longer adhering to outdated ideas of identity. The French nation, for example, is no longer a collective identity as it attempted through oppressive practices to be the eldest daughter of the church which is a phrase used by Pope John Paul in reference to the fact that Francis King Clovis was one of the first kings to embrace and defend Christianity. Since the French Revolution, it has become a community of human rights that are the foundation of its popular sovereignty and that it has established its own laws. Laws that are no longer based on religion and traditional customs, but universal human rights securing liberty for all, only to the traditions that are compatible with human freedom, both individual and collective, can be preserved. There lies the minimum of universalism required for diverse populations to coexist without conflict 
within the same society, which is something we have all come to expect. This is what the opponents of secularism do not want to understand. It in no way denies the diversity of cultures whose distinctive identity is respected as long as they do not infringe on the human rights of others, which includes gender equality, respect for bodily integrity, and freedom to decide one's own mean of personal fulfillment. Where structuralism as a method grasps each culture as a totality without any possible disjunction of the elements that make it a system. It is appropriate to admit the possibility of criticizing a custom without rejecting the entire culture concern. This means that from now on, belonging to a culture can be experienced by merely submitting to that culture, but by keeping a conscious distance. Secular society rejects both exclusionist, communitarian, ethnocentrism, and relativism which sanctions all traditions, even if they harm humanity. This is how it is possible to talk about diversity in a way that is compatible with a common framework. Should we respect all cultures? Such a question implies taking each culture as a whole on the risk of sanctioning unfair cultural practices. Hence, the next more open question, is everything within a culture respectable? The expected answer passes through a critical examination concerned with distinguishing what is acceptable from what is not, without regard to any particular culture, but is based on universal human rights. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, and Podbean. You can also find International Brotherhood of Freemasons podcast on YouTube, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and at ibfpodcast.com, where you can support the show by clicking on either the patron button or the donorbox.org button. Anyone who donates at least a dollar a month or makes a one-time donation of $12 will get access to original articles, their translations, pictures, and hyperlinks. If you're able to make a monthly donation of at least $5 or a one-time donation of $60, you will receive a producer's packet in the mail as well. Please send in any comments or questions to podcastibf at gmail.com. Be sure to look for next month's episode wherever you heard today's episode. Until then, remember how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony.